0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Deemer. Today on the show, we talk to Bitstamp's CEO about their USA expansion. And we go into headlines. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up everybody, welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. So I've been playing with this theory and I wanna just run it past you guys so you can well email me, let me know what you think of it and see if I'm on the right track. Okay, so I've been thinking about Apple and allowing people to opt out of sharing their data across platforms. And here's what I think about this we first need a little bit of history. Everybody has been saying, protect our data. The people, we the people have been saying, protect our data. Went to Congress, said, Congress, protect our data. Congress calls Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and all these other people up and they try to talk to him about tech and they fail horribly, laughably horribly. And It never happens. Mark Zuckerberg goes to Congress and says, hey, regulate us. We need regulation. He literally just said this the other day. We are waiting for the regulation so we can build our business based off this regulation. We need regulation. And in the meantime, we see companies like Cambridge Analytica come out using your data and not just the United States, but people all over the world using their data to manipulate elections and change opinion. And so through this whole time, we have a problem with the control of our data, who it's going to and what it's being used for. And then finally, Apple comes out and says, well, if you're not going to do anything government, we will. And so they made the option for you to opt out of sharing your data across platforms, which in turn turns government into a product. Let me say that again. Governance and regulation is now a product of Apple because it's not just data. It is the fact that they acted and the government did not, or could not, or would not, and they took action. Now, if you want regulation, if you want your data protected, that means you have to buy Apple because the product is there within their hands. And now, if I want to protect my data, if I want to make sure that my data is not shared through everybody to for any purposes of marketing or manipulation or whatever, I can opt out only with Apple products. They have privatized governance at least a small bit maybe not totally and i think the repercussions of this is going to be huge because one government does not like people taking their power and two companies are going to look at this and go we can do this with other aspects that the government is failing to legislate on and regulate on watch us privatize all of this and make it products of our company freedom of speech by (laughs) coca-cola i mean seriously Seriously. Anyway, that's my working thought. This is just the beginning of the episode, so I didn't want to go too deep into it. But send me your opinion. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Do you think I'm on the money with Apple has now turned regulation and governance into a product? Now, those crypto prices.
1: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks.
0: And I'm recording this at 1045 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin's down three percent. Why Bitcoin? Why can't you just be at two hundred thousand? No. Um, um, that's that's silly. Bitcoin, why aren't you at five hundred thousand dollars yet? but you're only sitting at $55,720. Again, down 3% in 24. While Ethereum's at $3,995, down 2.2% in 24. Binance Coin, 657 down 0.2% in 24. And Dogecoin at number 4 at 49.9 cents, pretty much even from yesterday. Tether's in the number 5 spot. Cardano, XRP, Internet Computer, which we have no clue what that is. I think it's a rebranded DFINITY. Polkadot and Bitcoin Cash round out the top 10, Litecoin slips out of the top 10 to number 11. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency, we're sitting at $2.23 trillion, and the BTC dominance still falling, it's at 42.9%. In our main conversation today, we're talking to Julian Sawyer, the CEO of Bitstamp, and he's going to talk about Bitstamp's expansion to the United States, whether well, in the United States, but further expanding within the United States. Julian, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you. U.S. expansion for Bitstamp. Ooh, you know what? This whole market is getting very exciting in the U.S. over here. Tell me what you guys can going to do.
1: Well, uh, you know, the Bitstam brand is very well known. We're the oldest exchange in the world. Um, We've been in the U.S. for many years, but we've been spending our time investing in the regulatory frameworks and the compliance structures and building the team. And now is the right time for us to launch across the U.S., both from our consumer side and our institutional side. And I just think we're in a really pivotal moment within the industry, which is moving out from a very crypto dominated world to the mass market where people down the high street, are now talking about uh, crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum, etc. And we want to be part of that, of that conversation.
0: Excellent. I, and more so than like just the conversation, you want to be part of the transactions that are happening in the U.S. and of everything course, that's yes. rolling, rolling out. What, so what does this look like? What does the competition look like? And what does this look for, like for the retail investor?
1: Well, I think what's happening now is is there's a couple of major trends that are occurring. We've seen people like Robin Hood coming out there being free, but we know that free, actually, there is a cost associated with that. So for us, trust and transparency is really key. So transparency on fees and, and the costs of trading and, and storing your digital assets with us, but also then the trust around the regulatory framework. And this becomes super important when you think of financial services, you think about banking, payments, and crypto exchanges. It's all around trust. Where are you going to put your money? Where is it going to be safe?
0: And so how are you going to create that trust? Now, look, I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going just opposing this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Uh, you mentioned Robinhood. Is that going to be a direct competitor of yours or is it going to be more like a Coinbase, Binance.us?
1: I think it's going to be more of the Coinbase and Krakens of the world is our competitor. But what we are seeing is that consumers are now getting engaged with, with Bitcoin and others. And they are they engaging on a whole range of different products, whether that is PayPal or Robinhood, which will probably be, I'm doing something else with my financial world and now I've got a little bit of crypto. Or that you're going to someone like Bitstamp and say, I now want to do something a little bit more serious, a little bit more grown up. I understand that I want to have transparency and pricing, or I want to have trust, I want to have stability, and I want to have what is really important uptime. So, you know, when the markets change, and we know that they do on a daily basis, we want to make sure that we have always got liquidity, we've always got pricing, and where our systems are always up. So, for us, it's a little bit about maturity. Um, So as consumers start getting a little bit mature about buying and selling and trading, that they will come to us to be able to use our products uh, and and to have those benefits, which I've mentioned.
0: Uh, How do you plan to do that in the US? Look, I mean, I'm not saying this is a negative way in any way. I'm just asking the questions. I apologize if it comes off the wrong way. Uh, But Coinbase just went direct listing. Coinbase has a very big known name in the United States. So when we're talking in Gemini as well, and Kraken is is starting to move in as well, as you mentioned, but when it comes to name recognition, Coinbase is the top dog in the US. How do you plan to create that trust and stability when it comes to name brand and, and going against somebody like Coinbase and peeling away some of that market share?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a whole range of different things that we're going to do within the marketing side, both on the institutional and on the consumer. Uh, consumer. It's around some of our messaging. It's also how people interact with, with our app and with our website and then have word of mouth. So without a doubt, this is not an overnight thing. This is suddenly going to um, shift everybody from, from a dominant player. But it is around the quality of our solutions and our product set and ensuring that people understand the transparency on fees. So for me, this is a this this is a journey, this is a, a set of stepping stones we've spent the last couple of years building out the the regulatory infrastructure, the compliance infrastructure, et cetera. And it doesn't, you know, as as I said earlier, you know, we are the oldest exchange in the world. We're celebrating our 10th birthday uh, this year, which is going to be great. Hopefully we can come and talk about that that in due course. But, you know, we've seen an awful lot about the market. And this is super important for us in in terms of having the dialogue with, with consumers.
0: Congratulations on 10 years. And when that time does come, I hope you do come back on and talk about your 10th anniversary. You mentioned something very interesting there when you said that you're going to create that by your app, in the way that it, it works, in the interface, in the UI, uh, with your clients, and that's going to create the trust and the stability that you are talking about. Where do you see the pain points right now with something like Coinbase or other companies that are on the in the U.S. market that you think you could do better?
1: So, I think I think it is some of the uh, elements I mentioned earlier in terms of trust. So, about system security, systems resilience, etc. We've all seen the press when, you know, the markets are highly volatile, which exchanges are up and down as our exchange in the, in the, in the bull run that we're still in uh, has been the best across all the, all the major exchanges. That is what people want. And I think what we need to be able to do is to inform people, tell them, you know, we're a double A exchange rated exchange. That means there is a degree of security and resilience around that and also ensuring about the integrity of our assets that we are listing. We don't list every asset. This is a this is not a rush to um, quantity. This is about quality and quality means stability of the assets and liquidity of the assets. And that, again, is something that we need to educate. This is not just going after the latest fad.
0: Last question I have for you is why the U.S. market? Obviously, we can. I can. We could just start assuming and juxtaposing all kinds of you know our own thoughts in there. Uh, but Coinbase went directly extinct. Then you see, and almost it's like everybody followed Coinbase and said, "Hey, we're gonna come in here. We're gonna make a push." You know, Binance.us just hired Brian Brooks as the CEO. He, they're making having a hiring frenzy right now, five xing their employees. Now you're saying that you're gonna move to the US. Kraken, Gemini is trying to expand. All these other com- uh, companies are coming in. Why is the US so tempting? So, so has so much opportunity for people to move in.
1: So what I think is super important and some of the things that we have seen over the last uh, two or three months is just the number of customers, huge number of customers have come to us. Um, And who are those people? What is really interesting is we're not talking about people who have necessarily moved from one exchange to another. This isn't about churn. This is about new users and uses for digital assets, that becomes super exciting. So this isn't about the market is a certain size and we're all now just trying to fight over that. The market is growing exponentially and not only just for sort of Bitcoin and some of the more um, uh, you know traditional type digital assets, but all the different use cases for how uh, we can use this technology in a whole range of different things, including payments and such like. So for us, that becomes super exciting. 25% of our revenue globally comes from the US. So this isn't, we've just, landed here we've been here for many years what we are now doing is really pushing and shouting about that because there was a lot of connection between what's happening in europe and what's happening in the united states um and so there's a great synergy and we've also opened our singapore office as well because this is a global product and so i think it would be very difficult to have a global product and not be in the us hugely exciting But also it's that innovation, that innovation of different use cases for what we can use this technology for, I think, is is where it becomes super exciting. I
0: lied to you. That wasn't my last question. This is my last question, you know, and I'm asking this because a lot of companies uh, like yours are coming to the U.S. or coming or trying to expand right now in the middle of a bull run. And we've seen this before. We've seen the cycle of Bitcoin, you know, go up, you know, has a nice, you know, 12 months of up and everybody's making money and everybody's doing well and customers are coming in. And then the crypto winner comes in and nobody's making money. Nobody's expanding. Everybody's hibernating until the next bull run. Do you think that we are in the normal Bitcoin cycle or are we in a super cycle? And how do you think that's going to play out to your business plan? Plans.
1: I think we are in a different bull run than we were three or four years ago. And I think every commentator is kind of saying the same thing. What I think is if you if you take a step back, you now you know Bitstamp's is a financial services company that is doing crypto. Just that language is fundamentally different than a number of other exchanges, and certainly how communications was two, three, four years ago. What is exciting is those different types of use cases what are you using these crypto assets for? And how how can society, and that's a very grand word, but how can society use this for the greater good? So is this around payments? Is this about remittances? Is this about e-gaming? What are these use cases? And on your show, you always have loads of guests on there talking about different things. They all need exchange they need the compliance framework the risk the regulate later wants this so for us uh, um, the opportunity is much, much wider than just the price of Bit- Bitcoin and the volatility around that. It is much wider than that, and that is where it becomes really exciting to look beyond just the uh, just the, that, that, that one asset class.
0: Julian Sawyer, CEO of Bitstamp, thank you very much for coming on the show and talking to us about your U.S. expansion. I'm excited about it.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for your time.
0: And moving on to today's headlines. Kathy Wood, CEO of investment management firm ARK Investment, has joined the board of a company called Amun Holdings. And Amun Holdings is a crypto firm and ETP provider in Zurich, Switzerland. That firm has approximately $2 billion of assets under management. And uh, you're probably wondering what an ETP is. An ETP is an exchange-traded product. And they're a type of security that tracks underlying securities, indexes, or financial instruments. If you know, Kathy Woods is very bullish on Bitcoin, very bullish on Tesla, and overall very bullish on the crypto space and emerging technologies and innovation. She also has a huge position in Coinbase after the direct listing. So, Kathy Woods is somebody to keep an eye on in our Investment as well if you want to know what's going on in the tech, innovation, emerging technology space. Basically, whatever they put their money into, take a look at. Ethereum co-founder Joe Lubin says there are four big trends, what he calls the four horses, that are ushering in adoption for the crypto ecosystem. These are blockchain, cryptocurrency, DeFi, and NFTs. He says this, the first blockchain horses were cypherpunks, cryptographers, protocol designers, and monetary theorists. The second horse were the exchange operators, traders, and wallet providers. The third horse were the finance nerds that became crypto finance people And started designing blockchain-based financial instruments and mechanisms for writing these DeFi projects. And finally, he says NFTs, because they're taking cryptocurrency into pop culture. So these are the four pillars or the four horses of the crypto ecosystem, according to Joe Lubin. CZ Zhao, the CEO of Binance, has some choice words for Shiba Inu, the Dogecoin knockoff that just kind of like blew up, has like $11 billion market cap and made a lot of people rich overnight. And for some reason, Vitalik has $8 billion worth of this, and I have no clue why. I'll get into that some other time. I really don't want to talk about a billionaire getting more billions. (laughs) But anyway, CZ Zhao says, look, take this with a grain of salt. He listed it on Binance. It was listed on Binance yesterday, but be careful. I don't know anything about it. Basically, CZ Zhao says this, end quote. Some have voiced concerns about SHIB listing. It's S-H-I-B, by the way, is their ticker. We follow users. There are a large number of users demanding it to a point where we ran out of F deposit addresses due to SHIB today. Never happened before for any other ERC-20 coin. I am not endorsing it. Super high risk, not financial advice. So, CZ's giving warnings about stuff that he's listing on his platform might make you raise an eyebrow and D-Y-O-R, or do your own research. Be careful out there. Be careful. And finally, Tom Brady has laser eyes. What does this mean? Is he buying Bitcoin? Is he hodling Bitcoin? Is he going to buy Bitcoin? Or is he just promoting Bitcoin? Regardless, Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks to have ever have lived, is now laser eyed up and promoting Bitcoin. And it makes me wonder, why do people like Tom Brady and this kind of might sound like, you know, poor person talking about rich person sort of thing. But why does somebody like Tom Brady even care? You know, like he is set. He's rich as hell. He doesn't need to worry about Bitcoin. What is his motivation for the laser eyes? Is he trying to protect his wealth from inflation? Is that what it is? He's looking at his uh, hundreds of millions of dollars going, I, 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 I don't want this to go down to less money. And I want to put it into something that's stable. I'm gonna buy some gold and Bitcoin and other things or is it more of like the ethos of it? Is he looking at this going, you know what? This actually makes sense, I get it. I wanna promote this because of literally the ethos, the ideology behind Bitcoin. What makes Tom Brady tick when it comes to Bitcoin and laser eyes? That's what I'm really curious about. Not that he has laser eyes, but why? why? Why do you care? Why do you care, Tom? Anyway, I'm happy you do care. More people getting into Bitcoin more big names getting into Bitcoin, makes it just that much more mainstream. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment. No matter what country you're in, your Apple iTunes, Apple App Store, (laughs) that's a mouthful, has a place for you to leave comments. Leave a comment. I read them all. Maybe in your country only once or twice every month, but if you're in the US, I click on that daily to see what people say. You can also send me an email, Aaron at decrypt.co. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, happy hodling.